Stories from the Heart, I'm Sandra McDevitt. Today in Stories from the Heart, the true story of Ian Weatherby, an autistic young man. Although intelligent, the doctors labeled him as severely retarded. When he was 11, his father attended a conference on autism, and Ian's life changed forever. Stay tuned to hear the story of an amazing young man on another Stories from the Heart. My name is Ian. Until he was two years old, Ian Weatherby appeared to be a normal little boy. He laughed, played, and acquired a vocabulary of about 200 words. Then gradually he began to withdraw. He sat by himself, rocking back and forth. He often flapped his arms wildly or just stared at his fingers. He spoke less and less. Within six months, he had stopped talking altogether. He kept to himself, walked around on tiptoe, and barely acknowledged the presence of others. Following a series of tests, doctors diagnosed autism and labeled him retarded. For the next 11 years, he was treated and schooled as severely and profoundly handicapped. Then his father, Winfield Witherby, professor of mathematics and computer science at Indiana's Huntington College, learned of a new development called facilitated communication, a technique in which a facilitator supports the hand of an autistic person, enabling him to tap letters on a keyboard or specially designed card. Wynne and his wife Lynn soon discovered that Ian was not retarded after all. In fact, he was already able to read, and now he could carry on a conversation by using a keyboard. The following story was written from an interview with Ian during which his father acted as facilitator. Ever since I can remember, I have wanted more than anything to be normal. On the outside, I've always been like everyone else, able to think and reason and feel happy or sad. But on the outside, I was not able to act normal because I could not control my body. Also, I could not speak or write So, there was no way for me to communicate my thoughts and feelings and therefore let people know I was intelligent. Doctors said I was autistic. I wasn't sure what that meant, except I was different from everyone else. So, in order to feel normal, I would daydream. Whether at home or church or school, I would pretend that I could do what everyone else was doing, such as carry on a conversation. Hi, I would say in my mind when someone said hello to me, knowing, of course, the other person could not read my thoughts. In fact, that person probably wasn't even sure I understood the greeting because I would stand off by myself and stare at the floor or look out the window, but in my mind, I would keep on talking. I would dream talk an entire conversation with the other person. Day after day, I daydreamed that I was normal like my brother Todd. Todd is four years older than I am. When I was little, I would grab things from him or poke at him until he got mad and started wrestling with me. But I often wondered what Todd really thought about me. Did he care? When I was about six years old, I decided to find out. I had to figure out a way to get a response that to me would symbolize caring. Finally, I made up my mind. As we were playing, I bit Todd on the arm. 
and he yelled and grabbed me, and he bit my arm. Ian, my mother exclaimed, you started that. You must not bite, understand? To emphasize her point, she smacked me on the arm. I became very quiet, but as I sat there thinking, I decided that both Mommy and Todd must love and care for me. If Todd had simply pushed me away, I would have interpreted that as uncaring. But he bit me. He treated me as an equal. And Mommy had smacked me. That meant she cared enough for me to want me to behave. Of course, Mommy and Daddy often hugged me. I knew they loved me, and I loved them. Sometimes I would just grab their faces and turn them towards me, putting a big grin on my own face, hoping they understood that was my way of saying I love you. At night, my parents locked my bedroom door so that I would not wander around the house after everyone else was asleep because I often had difficulty settling down. That was because my mind kept racing and I became agitated, not wanting to be alone. Since I could not tell them, I found other ways of getting their attention. I jumped on my bed and I screamed and I yelled and I even pounded on the walls. Then Mommy would come into my room. She would hug me and try to soothe me. And when I finally lay down, she would kneel by the bed, hold my hand, and begin to pray. Oh, Lord, please protect my little Ian. He has such a hard time settling down. Help him to sleep. Keep him safe. That usually worked. All the while, I kept wondering if I would ever be any different. I used to dream talk to God about it. I knew he had made me because that's what I was taught at church in the special Sunday school class they had for retarded children. No one knew that I understood, but I listened to all the Bible stories and learned about Moses and the Ten Commandments and Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection. When the other children sang, Jesus loves me, I sang along in my mind. And when I learned about the many miracles in the Bible, I asked God if there would ever be a miracle for me. I wanted to live up to the potential of my brain, but I was confined to this body that seemed to have its circuits crossed or shortened out. I attended special education classes that were conducted for preschool children. That meant I had to do boring tasks such as stringing large wooden beads and placing pegs into a pegboard. Or I had to listen to a word spoken by the teacher and then try to point to a picture of the object. Even though I knew what to do, I could not coordinate my mind and my hands. But I did learn to read. I taught myself. Mommy had a cassette tape of the alphabet, which she used to play for me over and over. I learned my letters. Then, while I was watching television with the family, I would connect those letters with the ones I saw in the commercials. Little by little, I began to read words, then sentences. I even leaned over the back of Daddy's chair and read from his book or his newspaper. Eventually, I became a fast reader, able to recall a whole page after just a glance. But I could not pick up a book and turn the pages. To fight boredom, I resorted to my dream talk conversations. Sometimes I just sat by myself and rocked back and forth, or I stared at my fingers, 
I found it helped me to turn off my busy mind so that I would not have to think about how bored I actually was. Then, in 1991, everything changed. Mummy and Daddy had been away at Indianapolis for a couple of days attending a national convention on autism. When Daddy came home, he sat me down at the table in the dining room. What he said amazed me. Ian, we've learned some surprising things at the conference. And because of what we've learned, I have an idea. You're a lot smarter than we give you credit for. He put his hand on my shoulder and looked me straight in the eye. I want to apologize right now for not recognizing it, he said. Then he got out a white card with the letters of the alphabet on it. Here is something I got at the conference that might help you to speak to us at last. With this card, we might be able to do what is called facilitated communication. Daddy was nervous and so was Mommy. She kept pacing around the dining room. I'm going to support your hand, Daddy went on, pulling up a chair beside me and taking my right hand, and I want you to try to point to the letters on the card and to tell me your name. I was so excited I couldn't sit still. Daddy had to make me stay in my chair. But finally, with some hesitation, I began to tap out M-Y-N-A-M-E-I-S-I-A-N. My name is Ian. I had done it. Although Daddy had supported my hand, he had not guided it. I could find the letters on my own. I added my last name for good measure. Now it was my parents who were excited. Daddy and Mommy began asking me questions. What is your favorite food? What television programs do you like? That sort of thing. Day after day, my parents learned more about me. Then one day, Daddy asked, Ian, we've been asking you all the questions. Is there anything you want to say? M-E-D-I-E, I tapped out. Mommy and Daddy looked puzzled. He asked me again, and I repeated the same words. M-E-D-I-E. Finally, Daddy figured it out. Do you mean it as a question? He pointed to the question mark on the card. Y-E-S. And at last, my father answered a question that had bothered me for years. Was autism a life-threatening illness that would cause me to die young? He assured me it was not. Daddy also showed Mommy how to facilitate. When she took my hand, I spelled I-L-O-V-E. Suddenly, my mind went blank. I could not figure out how to spell the next word. Agitated, I started to get up, but Mommy made me sit. Then, looking straight into her eyes, I opened my mouth, and for the first time since I was two and a half years old, I said, Mama! What a response I got! Mommy hugged and kissed me like crazy. You'd have thought I was the prodigal son returning home. After that, progress was rapid. I went from attending a class for the mentally retarded to sitting in a real class, fifth grade, assisted by a full-time trained facilitator. The following year, at age 15, I entered my regular grade level, my freshman year of high school, taking all the regular subjects, math and biology, and even French. I am still autistic with most of my weird mannerisms. I cannot speak, saying mama happened only once. But with the facilitator's assistance, I am now able to write on a computer. Yes, I continue to get frustrated 
And sometimes when I dream talk with God, I still ask him why he made me the way I am. But that's not so important anymore. I'm growing both intellectually and spiritually. With my parents turning the pages, I read the Bible every day. I especially love the Psalms, and I consider myself very fortunate. Although I am autistic, I am accepted and loved and listened to. I thank God and I love Jesus, and that makes me a lot less handicapped than I might have been. A P.S. to the story, Ian graduated with a B.A. in communications. Thank you for joining us on Stories from the Heart. Today's true story, my name is Ian, was written by Ian Weatherby from the book Miracles and Children. To listen again, go to the Ave Maria Radio Archives. To reach me, I'm at Sandra at AveMariaRadio.net. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. Missed a show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.